Um, my favorite CD of all time would have to be Live at the Village Vanguard by Bill Evans. Well, for sure, Giant Steps by John Coleman. Joni Mitchell. One would have to be the essential Billy Holiday. Duke Ellington. Kind of Blue. Sticky Fingers. Beatles. The Who. Todd Rundgren. Keith Jarrett. Oscar Peters. Dave Brubeck. Songs in the Key of Life. Welcome to Stranded, CDs for a Desert Island. I'm Ross Porter. If you were marooned on a remote island with no prospect of returning home, which CDs would you want to have to help pass the time? For most music fans, it's a difficult question. But what if you're a musician? Hmm, the prospects could be even more challenging. One of the most enchanting singers we play is Juno nominee Jill Barber. There's not much doubt about it, Jill likes romance. You only have to listen to her most recent album, Mischievous Moon, to fully appreciate it. A smoky, sensual blend of late-night music. Jill will be here in a few minutes, but first, here she is with Daydreamin'. talented Jill Barber on Jazz FM 91 and that's from her new album it's called Mischievous Moon and as I mentioned at the start of the program Jill Barber is my guest welcome thank you very much for having me in studio today Ross this is a, a treat for me why oh to get to listen to my favorite tunes and hang out with you at this fabulous <laughs> station. Are you kidding me to listen to that voice well, that's to great. listen to that Ross Porter voice right oh. in my ear and, so. and to see the man himself in front of me, it's a treat. Thank you. And so what we're going to do over the next hour is play some of your, uh, your desert island picks. You live in Vancouver now, I correct? do, yes. So from, was Port Credit? Port Credit is where I was born and raised. And then to Halifax? Halifax is where I spent some time, about six years, uh, and it's where I lived before... I moved to Vancouver, and before I lived in Halifax, I lived in Kingston, Ontario, for four years. Is that when you went to, did you go to school? Yeah, I went to Queens. Okay. Yeah. And Mischievous Moon, this is the third album? Well... There was a fourth? No, it's kind of the fourth. It depends <laughs> Depends how you look at it. I, I released an EP and then three re- three full records, so this is my third full record. Now, that tune that we, that we just listened to... Uh, uh, Daydream mm-hmm. is uh, is one of my favorites from the uh, from the album. Uh, tell me about the song. Oh well, speaking of desert island, uh, that song was just one that I, I wanted to evoke the feeling that you were literally just floating, floating down a stream, letting your mind wander wherever it wants to go, um, you know, and not worrying about it too much. Just letting your mind drift away, your thoughts drift away, and and and. Doing that from time to time, taking the time. So I can understand being able to accomplish that lyrically, mm-hmm. but when you set out to write the music for it and you're trying to create a floating feeling, I mean, help me understand how you do that. With a lot of help from fabulous musicians. 
uh, such as Drew Jareka, who performs the the horn part on that tune, which really makes the song. Uh, he arranged the saxophones on that tune, and they float one on top of the other and really kind of create that that sensation that that you're floating. And then it's very whimsical. So, is that what you said to him when you tried when you were describing the the arrangement that you wanted? Did you did you use the word yeah, floating? Yeah, absolutely. We speak. Um, we use a lot of imagery in within the context of my band when we're talking about arrangements. Uh, myself, my producer Les Cooper, and bandmates. We we yeah we use a lot of imagery, and so that and that's the language I speak. You know, I I'm not a trained musician. Um, at all. I'm not a theory person. I'm, you know, I'm quite a poor guitar player and I, I just sing. I've never taken a vocal lesson. So I, d- I, come, I come to music from a non-theoretical place. Uh, so it helps me just to, to speak the, the, this kind of language with my musicians who are all highly trained <laughs> to, to be able to say, give me kind of a floaty sort of saxophone part. Your first uh, Desert Island pick is uh, is by Nat King Cole. Uh, why Nat? Uh, well, it's his voice. I mean, the songs are great, so that just goes without saying, but it is his voice. Like, speaking about visual images, it's like, it is like wrapping a warm blanket around yourself listening to, to Nat King Cole. It's like Christmas every day listening to that voice. And the piece that you selected is the title track from the album that he did, called the the very thought of you. Yes, and now this record I have at home uh, on vinyl, and I always tend to favor the records that I that I have on vinyl because, of course, that's the best way to listen to music. I'm sure your listeners would agree. And uh, I loved. I think at the time I really picked out this record because I loved the cover. I loved how cool he looked on the cover of it. And uh, and this, of course, is the title track from that record. Here's Nat King Cole on Jazz FM 91. The very thought of you And I forget to do Nat King Cole on Jazz FM 91, and it was the very thought of you, and that's one of the Desert Island picks by my guest today, singer Jill Barber. He's so big in, in that. I'm just the quality of his of his voice, mm-hmm. the, the, the the musicality of it, it just it makes the performance larger than life. Absolutely. It just... Anyway, I'm a big fan, yeah. and uh, I'm not surprised to find out that you, uh, that you like him. I love him. Yeah. How, how did you... How did you find out about? I mean, you're younger than I am in terms of, and you know, Nat died in the in the '60s. How did that? How did he become part of your listening experience? I suppose in my early 20s, when I was still a university student, I, that was the first time I bought a record player, and it felt like the key to unlock a whole world of old music. When I would visit the local record shop and go through the bins, um, you know, dusty old bins. Uh, essentially with great it was great, oftentimes as I mentioned with the last record is the album artwork that that first grabbed me and it was f- just so fun to take the record home and, and put it on and, and get into it uh, so I discovered a lot of older music that way and 
Yeah, I don't really remember a time when he wasn't a big part of my life, but I, I didn't grow up listening to Nat King Cole. What was the first record you bought? Or would it have been oh. an album? What was the first file you downloaded? What? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not that young. I'm not that young. <laughs> it, I'm, I was of the cassette age. Okay. What, <laughs> what was, was the first, first cassette you cassette bought? My cassette tape. Well, it's at Tiffany. Yes. I think we're alone now. Doesn't seem to be anyone around. <laughs> like that's what I grew up with. That's <laughs> those, that is that was my first musical education. And so, what's on your iPod now? Uh, well, um, a wide range of things. It's uh, certainly a lot of old music, definitely, and coupled with a lot of really contemporary, uh, especially Canadian uh, singer-songwriters, friends, bands. I a lot of my peers, uh, my my older brother Matthew Barber, um, lots of just a lot of my friends that are are in the business and and making great great music, Canadians and. Um, so I kind of have a, a nice listen to a nice combination of, of older stuff and, and brand new stuff. Etta James. Oh my goodness. Yeah. She uh I have a relationship <laughs> with Etta James. She's um she's kind of my go to gal uh for when I'm feeling like I need to muster up courage or something. She's such a powerful, confident singer um, and just delivers every word with such conviction that um, I look to her if I'm yeah if I'm just trying to build up the courage or if I, even if I'm just getting ready to go out at night and I need to kind of get into a certain attitude I'll, I would put on at a James would you put her on before you did a concert absolutely yeah absolutely she is great pre-concert listening for me because she just yeah the the um again you'll will hear the song and her presence in in every song is so massive and and convicted and and um what's and, the piece you picked well i picked Tr- trust in me which uh, just kills me every time i hear it uh it's a it's not a request it's it's a demand the way she sings it it's not she's not asking she's she's telling you know so i i just love i love uh, her delivery of this particular song this is etta james it's from the album at last and it's a desert island pick by our guest today jill barber this is trust in me on jazz fm 91 trust in me in all you do the faith I have. We can get along, we can get along. Oh, if only you trusted me.
James Hunter on Jazz FM 91 and People Gonna Talk. That's the title track from his album, and it's one of the Desert Island picks by our guest today, uh, Jill Barber. Why James Hunter? Well, I really, really like what James Hunter is doing, which I think I can relate to to a certain extent, is he he's a contemporary artist, contemporary songwriter, preserving kind of an old-school tradition. I mean, he's definitely bringing back that kind of Sam Cooke, Otis Redding approach to, to songs and doing it so authentically and so well in such a fresh way. It's kind of like when I first heard James Hunter, it was on a compilation disc that a friend had made for me, and I, I thought, like, I don't I don't know this voice. Who is this guy? Like, surely I would have... Uh, this guy would have come up in my vinyl collection somewhere. And sure enough, no, he's a, he's a brand new artist. He's, you know... He's writing songs in this decade. Who knew? You know, because they sound like classic, timeless songs. And so um, so I love him for it. <laughs> That's what I try to do is, is um, write songs today that sound like they could have been written uh, decades ago. You ever feel you're an old soul? Sure, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm told, told as much all the time. So, yeah, I think I'm an old soul. Who's told you that? Oh, everybody, uh, all my life, I suppose. I come from, I think, a family of old souls. My brother is an old soul, and my parents, too, and my everybody around, everyone close to me, I think, in a sense, um, values the... I'm not sure what um, what makes an old soul, <laughs> but somebody maybe that appreciates the little the little things and um, and maybe is a voice that's um, what am I trying to say an advocate an advocate for for the for things that could otherwise be left behind so if you could have been in another time when would it have been if you could have been in another era well you know I would love to drop in to other eras 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. But I'm pretty happy, you know, in this day and age. I think I think I tend to be nostalgic for a time in which I didn't ever exist. Um, and I think I'm, at the same time, uh, sensible enough to know that there was never any time that was necessarily better than this, but there are there are amazing. Um, certainly, there's amazing music that's come out of past decades. But the great thing is, is that we still have all of that music. Um, I don't know. Have you seen the latest Woody Allen film? It, no, it, it not deals yet. it deals with this subject matter. It's called Midnight in Paris, and uh, the main character is obsessed with writers and artists of the past so much so that he kind of fantasizes that he or, or in, in the film he gets to go back in time and what he realizes is that nobody in their time thinks it's their golden age and um, and what would life be if we were all satisfied exactly you know where we find ourselves we I think we all long for something more romantic um, more beautiful um, <laughs> than than um, than what we have, and I, certainly when I write songs, that's I'm trying to get a sense of that. I'm trying to create that for myself. That's something that's some a little something more beautiful, more dreamy, more whimsical than ordinary life. I'm trying to elevate 
trying to elevate it to something beautiful. Your next piece? Ah, well, beautiful song, an amazing song. Uh, I've loved this song recorded by a number of different artists, but I, I particularly chose this uh, Georgia on my mind uh, as sung by Willie Nelson and another incredible uh, artist singer that could sing so many different types of genres and I thought what a cool um, concept Willie made this record Stardust where he um, offered his takes on the classic standards and again when Willie Nelson starts singing you just you can't you can't help but listen. And um, it's it's interesting to hear a great writer um, sing a standard. Um, you know, he... And in, indeed a great writer. Nightlife yeah. and crazy. Yeah, I mean, but he... he he can he can take songs that he hasn't written and make them sound... Make, own them as if he has. It's Willie Nelson, and this is one of the uh, Desert Island picks of our guest today, Jill Barber. This is from his classic 1979 album, Stardust. This is Georgia On My Mind on Jazz FM 91. Sounds good. Over 30 years later, Willie Nelson. Oh, that doesn't age. That that um, that doesn't that sort of thing doesn't age. For you, what makes a good song? <laughs> uh, essentially, that. I mean, the greatest test is time, and if it can stand up to the test of time, that's um, what I've always said. You know, um, old songs. The one, the great old songs are the ones that don't age, that sound as fresh today listening to it as the day they were recorded. And it's a, I've been, it's a phenomenon that I've been trying to put my finger on um, exactly what it is about a song that makes it great. And I think it has something to do with timelessness and uh, the kind of song that um, feels like it, it, um, it already existed. You just needed to kind of bring it into the world, but it already was hanging around somewhere in the ether. When did you find out you could uh, you could write? Oh well, I mean, I surprised myself as soon as I could string a couple of chords together on the guitar. I was writing songs, and that I, that's all it took. I was hooked. I couldn't believe it when I wrote my first song. I mean, obviously it was terrible, but I had written a song. What was it about? Oh, goodness. I yeah, Actually, I can tell you the title of it. I remember the title of it. It was called Basic Tragedy. And I was, you know, 15 years old, so everything was tragic at the time. You know, it was well, I'm very... not surprised you were listening to Tiffany. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Well, that was more of my teeny bopper. I was probably when I was listening to Tiffany, I was probably 7 or 8 years old. Okay. But I, what happened was I, I grew out of Tiffany and I grew into my kind of grungy, angsty phase. 
I've been through a number of phases, Ross, <laughs> musically. And um, so my first song was probably pretty crunchy, rockin', angry, angsty. But um, I don't know. I started to um, get more and more confidence as I wrote more and more songs. And uh, but I don't know. you were growing uh, your brother? Uh, how mm-hmm. many years older than you is your brother? Three years older. Matthew Barber. Mm-hmm. Um, fairly accomplished songwriter. Absolutely. And uh, was he doing it first? Yes. And he is, I have to, he's the reason I picked up a guitar. He's the reason I started writing songs. I really had a su- very supportive older brother. He really encouraged me as a young woman to, to, to write and express myself musically when not a lot of women were doing it. I had mostly male um, idols in music to look up to, Tiffany aside. Uh, and I, yeah, he was, he was right. And I also adored my brother growing up. I still do, you know, now that I'm an adult, but I really followed in his footsteps in a lot of ways. So it was him that first started playing the guitar and writing songs. And I just looked up to him so much that I wanted to do whatever he, he did. So he, uh, he was the reason why I started in music and, um, we're both still doing it all these years later, writing songs and, making a go of it your next desert island pick what led you to Ella Fitzgerald well actually um, as I I say I didn't listen to a lot of jazz music growing up my parents mostly listened to classical music but my mom my mother discovered Ella and she she introduced me to Ella Fitzgerald and um, so Ella was probably my um, gateway musician into the jazz world as she is probably for many people because she's Ella and she makes everybody feel like you're her friend and you're just hanging out with Ella when when she's um when she's in the room with you playing and um so yeah I suppose I've had my longest relationship with her and she's another incredible singer and uh, performer and I picked this particular record. This is a record that um, that just came out a couple of years ago, and it's a live compilation called Twelve Nights in Hollywood, and it was kind of a big deal when it came out. Um, it was in the news, and it was my manager, my longtime uh, manager, going on eight years now, Evan Newman, who um, it was my birthday, and so he, he gifted, he gave me an, an iTunes gift, gift card to, to download Ella. 12 Nights in Hollywood, so I've been living with this this live concert, but just here at Jazz FM, Ross, you handed me the hard copy, so I've been flipping through the um, the box set, and it's a beautiful package. It's nice to actually hold it in my hands, because I've been um, been listening to it. So I, I chose I chose Mac the Knife, because I thought, you know, that's that's one of the songs that she's famous for, and so wonderful with her improvisation, but um, this is a great a great version of it. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. You better print that one, Val. <laughs> Holy mackerel, that Caesar, look out there. Ella Fitzgerald and Mac the Knife on Jazz FM 91. And that's one of the uh, Desert Island picks of uh, our guest today, you know, Jill Barber. And it comes from the um, 12 Nights in Hollywood. The, uh, we forget 
just what a, a great comedic touch Ella had. Oh, absolutely. It's not such a bad desert island if, if Ella Fitzgerald comes <laughs> to perform for you. <laughs> you know? The, you've got so much good music, that, and I want to be able to play as much of it as, as possible. So I wanted to move on to the, the next piece, and this is uh, Leonard Cohen. Yeah, absolutely. Is this our, I guess this is the first Canadian that I've picked for this desert island. Um, great Canadian, great songwriter. Love him. Such an inspiration to me as a songwriter and poet. Today or when you started? Uh, he has been for a long time, long time. Again, probably discovered Leonard in my more bohemian phase in my university days. Uh, but... Oh, that, that's that's not true. I think I was reading his, um, what is that book? The Favorite Game. I think I read that in high school. So no, he's he's kind of been a part of my life for a while now. He doesn't know it, but <laughs> he's been an important man in my life. And for many women. Um, here we go. This is from uh, Songs of Leonard Cohen. This is Suzanne on Jazz FM 91. Suzanne from the album Songs of Leonard Cohen and a, a, a pivotal but a very important album and song in in uh, Leonard Cohen's uh, career and uh, one of the picks of my uh, guest today and that is uh, Jill Barber one of her Desert Island picks it was nice to enjoy it. I haven't listened to that in years is that right it's good to hear sure sure is when you're on the road I want to find out what it's what it's like in terms of being in the on the bus with the the band, and uh, you're traveling with uh, with five others. Mm-hmm. And uh, how do you decide what gets played? What music we listen to? Yeah, you know we <laughs> we have a we debate a lot in our in in the van, and we 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 have a hard time agreeing what to listen to. Um, but you know. Oftentimes we we take a break. we we give our ears a break. Well, honestly, we don't we don't listen to a ton of music. We listen to a little bit, but usually what happens is we'll turn on a song and then somebody will say something about it, and then a debate will launch. So we probably talk more than we listen in the van. And how often are you on the same page about a about a piece of music and its merits? Very rarely, which is good for debates. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we talk about we you know. Everybody, myself, and the guys in my band, music, it's our life, and uh, we can talk endlessly about it, and we can dissect it, and we can analyze analyze it, and we do. We do all of those things. We, have a, we, have a, we all have a very intimate uh, relationship with music, as you do, Ross, and um, yeah, it, makes, it's, it, it helps to pass the time. So talk to me about this next piece and this artist. Uh, Carol King. So I came late to Carol King. Um, it would have been, again, okay, so this is something I have to credit my parents with. You know, my parents didn't have the best taste in music, but there were a few records that they, they had in their collection that were 
were pretty key. And um, flipping through their old collection one day, I found tapestry and um, I sort of thought, hmm, this woman almost kind of looks like my mom. And it was from, like, she's about my mom's age and and it was, no, you know, record from the 70s. And so, um, yeah, I love I love her energy. Um, this rec- this record tapestry obviously was a big one. And what I love about Carol King is she she comes she comes from that Brill Building school of writing songs for other people. But she was right at that uh, turning of the tides when um, writers uh, started to perform their own material, right? And um, and she was she's obviously um, she was a um, on the frontiers, you know, as a woman and as a songwriter and a performer. And she's just such a great songwriter. I, I love her energy. And this would be an example of a song that um, just sounds as fresh today as the day it was written. And um, Carol King, I love her. How can you not? Carol King and I feel the earth move on Jazz FM 91. I'm Ross Porter and this is a uh, an edition of Stranded Music for a Desert Island and our guest is uh, singer Jill Barber. It's nice. I don't mind being stranded on this island with you, Ross. It's, it's kind of nice. They play great music on this island. And I'm blushing. We just need a we just need a uh, pina colada and we're set. Absolutely, and a uh, and a good uh, st- good sound system. Yeah. yeah. So, listening to you or watching you earlier when you uh, when you were holding the Ella Fitzgerald box set, you had something that was tactile. You had something in mm-hmm. in, in front of you, and I know we've talked a, a bit about about um, uh, iPods and 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 what have you. Is there something there? Just, I mean, you're very much a uh, you're a, you're a, you're a cyber person, if you if you will. And uh, so, I guess where I'm going with all of this is to be able to actually hold the album jacket and to actually have the information about it. There's an aspect of downloading music that is missing when you do that. Yes, uh, something's lost uh, for sure. I think something is is gained as well. The, how quickly music can get. Um, to your ears in this modern day and age um, you know if you know we were discussing at the break of certain songs you know I with the click of of my fingertips I can I can download the song and be hearing it so yes some so I think something is gained as well um, but yeah if I think it does feel good especially to hold um, you know a vinyl record Definitely, that feels really good. So much of a musical education can come from having the, uh, the 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 physical product in front of you. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. And and to hold it, yeah, to hold it in your hands. That said, um, a live performance is is kind of an intangible thing. You can't. It's not tactile. You can't hold it. But it's it's, not, it's an experience. And I think at the end of the day, the the real um, experience comes from just the listening 
it's just it's the nerds like you, Ross, that need to see who played saxophone, who played clarinet. Oh, good. I'm on a I'm on a <laughs> desert island with a woman that thinks I'm a nerd. <laughs> you know, I'm a nerd too. I'm a nerd too. I'm with you. We're on the island together. Um, no, but you want to? Yeah, it's true. It's true. You want to? You want to figure out who contributed, and you want to, you know, read the liner notes. I have to get say, in my, I have to say, in my defense, I don't live in my parents' basement, <laughs> <laughs> which you often find nerds doing. That's true. You're not a nerd. I take it back. Jimmy Scott. Uh, yes, I. Jimmy Scott um, was a gift to me, a gift given to me by my producer, my longtime producer, Les, who's produced my last three records. And uh, he found, uh, speaking of tactile, Jimmy Scott, a little box set um, from a garage sale. And he gave it He gave it to me as a gift. It was my birthday or Christmas or something. And uh, I'd, I'd never heard of the guy, and I... Um, Said, thank you very much, and he said, "I think you should listen to this." And we, we were this is right. We we're about to go into production to um, to make my record chances, and he said, I, "I really think I want you to spend some time with this." And I said, "Okay, I look forward to it." Never heard of him, don't know what to expect, and I put it on. And Jimmy Scott, the funny thing with him, I mean, he's an he's a, an androgynous type singer. You can't tell when I. It's a funny thing. It's a funny relationship I have with him. It's almost like. To me, his voice sounds, um, to my ears, oftentimes so much like a female that I almost feel I relate to him as a woman <laughs> singing to me. Anyway, it's a funny thing. He's wonderful. He's a wonderful, wonderful singer. Um, I feel a lot of pain through his voice, and um, he's more on the... I would listen to Carole King maybe on the joy side, and then and then Jimmy Scott on the pain side. He... Uh, he conveys a lot in his in his voice, and I happen to pick a particularly mournful song here, but um, great old spiritual that he his interpretation is is just incredible. And I, and the the production and the arrangements on this song really had a big influence on me making going into making the record uh, chances. So yeah, this comes from the Savoy years. Here's Jimmy Scott. And this is Sometimes I Feel Like a Motherless Child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child from the album The Savoy Years and a Desert Island pick by our guest today, uh, Jill Barber. Good choices today. Thank you. I've enjoyed this. I've enjoyed it so much. It's just, it's, um, well, it's great to listen to my favorite tunes and it's fun to discuss them. Thank you for the opportunity. One last question. Was it difficult narrowing them down? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was difficult. I didn't really think about it as my as um, my ten. I just thought about it as uh, I cu- I couldn't possibly pick ten. But um, do you think it has what, a lot to do with the point that you are in your life, though, in terms of that there's always movement with music? Oh, absolutely. Well, if you, you know, like I said, I, w- I wouldn't have left home without my Tiffany cassette <laughs> if you and I had met 
So if someone were to look at the at the at your selections today, how would they describe where you are in in your life and in your head right now? I'm a woman now, Ross. I'm in my thirties. <laughs> I don't know. I'm you know I'm I'm I feel I'm coming of age um, as an artist and as a woman and and I and these these are my teachers. You know, these are my mentors, and um, I'm continuing to learn and, and be inspired and influenced by by the greats and um, and aspire to such greatness at any rate aspire so yeah it's um, I think that's where I'm at I don't know we'll have to I'll have to archive this and maybe maybe 10 years from now we'll do it again see where we're both at well we could do it again in a uh, in a year or so and oh, see okay. how much how much movement there's been <laughs> Okay, that sounds good. Our guest has been Jill Barber, and uh, we've been listening to her Desert Island picks. I'd like to close with a piece of yours from your own uh, Mischievous Moon. And this is Any Fool Can Fall in Love. Thank you. Thank you, Ross. You've been listening to an edition of Stranded with our guest, Jill Barber. Jill's picks were The Very Thought of You by Nat King Cole, At Last by Etta James, Stardust by Willie Nelson, Twelve Nights in Hollywood by Ella Fitzgerald, Songs of Leonard Cohen, Tapestry by Carole King, and The Savoy Years by Jimmy Scott. Music that we didn't have time to play included Rumors by Fleetwood Mac and Careless Love by Madeline Peru. I'm Ross Porter. I hope you enjoyed listening to this edition of Stranded on Jazz FM 91.